it's easy to get flustered because of all the different you know, adversity that we got to go through. But it's honestly, you know, um, all I can do is control after control. I don't think the game's Welcome into Triple Zeros, the anti-hot take sports show. I am your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports. The website is clockersports.com and the email address is clockersports at, nope, it's contact at clockersports.com. I almost got myself. Uh, welcome in another exciting, uh, action-packed, event-filled show. Um, really, it's just me talking, but it's a lot to talk about. Therefore, we have an action-packed show. Um, the, the big news of the day, we'll start off in the NBA world, so we're going to take a little bit of a diversion from our usual in-season, uh, you know, in-order type of deal where we usually start off with the NFL and then work our way to the NF- NBA news that we can get to. Today, there was a blockbuster uh, transaction in the NBA that just begs to be covered, so that's where we are going to start. With the Milwaukee Bucks swinging a blockbuster trade for Portland Trail Blazers guard Damian Lillard in a move that uh, I would say comes out of left field only because all the chatter has been about the Miami Heat for Lillard. Uh, the Toronto Raptors were supposedly emerging as a top suitor, although I did read uh, just yesterday that that was a bit overblown. So that was already kind of in my mind not going to be the way it goes. But still, that Miami thing seems certain. And then we had uh, the Bulls who were you know brought up as part of the deal. And then you had um, you just had no certainty about what exactly was going to happen. And so now you have a situation where Yance Antetokounmpo, who was putting pressure on the Bucks front office to make something happen because he was openly saying that he was not going to sign his extension uh, next offseason if he didn't feel like there were, everybody was on the same page. Um, the Bucks are a couple of years removed from their from their championship. You know, guys are getting older. They were injury prone this past year. And so they kind of, I don't want to say rectified because Damian Lillard has dealt with his own injury issues. And we'll see how that all works out with those two guys uh, as they age. You know, you don't usually get more durable as you age. So we'll see how that works for Lillard. I think he played like 50 games last year, something like that. 50, 60 games, something like that. Not enough. Not enough to make the impact that they're going to need him for, especially on the postseason. Now. When you have a team like the, the Blazers were last year, it's always a question of whether or not a guy was actually healthy enough to suit back up if need be, or if they were just resting because they knew what their ultimate goal was. Either way it goes, uh, Damian Lillard is now with the Milwaukee Bucks in a deal that um, really shakes up the Eastern Conference more than it does the West. Again, the Blazers weren't expected to be a contender uh, in this this upcoming season's postseason pay, playoff picture, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase that. Uh, but I do think that it makes the East a little bit more competitive. And then I'll talk about that in a second, um, uh, who would really impact. And it's really the bottom. It's not even a question. It's the middle and the bottom of the, con- the, the contender list, I guess you would say, uh, the playoff contenders list in the Eastern Conference. So, um, But on the surface, it's a great deal for, I think, both sides, honestly. So obviously, you have the Bucks getting Damian Lillard. I don't, I don't know if I, if I have to seven, eight-time All-Star, you know what I mean, All-NBA player, uh, limitless range, firecrack, a leader, a, a guy who, who relishes the, the big play moment. And then we had that clip that's being shared around I think I shared it on Clocker Sports uh, from uh, Jordan Schultz just about Giannis saying that if he had to pick one player to close out things it would be Damian Lillard and here he goes like this whole situation from a Milwaukee Bucks standpoint is how I don't say you want things to play out because you don't want your superstar to get disgruntled and have to feel like he has to uh, become public with his with his wishes but 
But he did not lambast anybody. He didn't throw anybody under the bus. He didn't single out any teammates or any move in particular. He just dropped subtle hints here and there. And if you put, picked up the breadcrumbs like their front office apparently did, I want to say John Horace is their GM. If you pick up the breadcrumbs like he did, guess what? This is what happens. You end up with uh, uh, making a move for a player that should alter your 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 ceiling. It should definitely elevate your ceiling. Now, I will say the Bucks took a blow because they did lose Drew Holiday in this. Drew is one of the better, more underrated defensive point guards, two-way point guards, really, but really stands out for his defense uh, and what he can do multi-positionally in that, uh, in that manner, honestly. So um, they're going to miss that. They're definitely going to miss that. You're not getting defense with Dane. But the offense, whereas, you know, you had Holiday who could who was known, who was good for a missed layup, up you know um and and disappearing sometimes offensively you're not gonna get that from dame uh so we'll just have to see if the offense can balance out the defense the bucks do have the remaining defenders to kind of balance uh to kind of uh uh, protect lillard uh his his hide his defensive deficiencies if you will you still have Chris Middleton. You still got Brooke Lopez there because they resigned him this offseason as opposed to letting him walk to the Houston Texans or Houston Rockets, Houston Texans. See, I'm already in, I'm still in NFL mode in my brain. Um, it's a good deal for Milwaukee. It really is. Holiday has talked about wanting to retire after this season. So, I mean, whoever takes him, and that's that's what we'll talk about that in a second too. But this was a, a way for Port, or for Milwaukee to get out from under that looming clock because I don't think Giannis is going anywhere now. Um, you have a reason to try to build something. If you, you this buys you two years, you would think, right? Because the first year maybe it doesn't work out just right because you guys are just getting together and you're still trying to figure out how to play with each other and what pieces fit around you. This and the third, this should buy you about a two year uh, uh, of of grace period to try to make it work to appease and to the Kumpo if you're the, the Bucks front office. So I, I, I see zero faults uh, with what they did. They got a 2027, the the Portland Trailblazers did, I want to say 2027 first round pick uh, back for Lillard in this trade and then a couple of pick swaps as well. They also took in Drew Holiday and a bunch of, of uh, you know, pieces, I guess. You could you could talk about Grayson Allen as a guy who um, can contribute to a team but none of the pieces I wouldn't say are, are anything that fit, factors into what the uh, the piece that they got from the Bucks. I want to be clear about that. Piece I got from the Bucks factor into the Blazers' plans long term. Tamani Kamara, 2029 first round pick, unprotected, excuse me, and then swap rights in 2028 and 2030. Uh, but they also the big get for for Portland here is center DeAndre Aiden because this was a three team deal that also involved the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns uh, received Yusef Nurkic. They got Grayson Allen, excuse me. Uh, Nasir Little goes from Portland to Phoenix, as does Keon Johnson. So um, Phoenix facilitates a deal here. They get off a disgruntled player in DeAndre Aiden. They bring in a guy who is not doesn't have the ceiling of Aiden in Nurkic, right? But he is a self starter. He is a competitor. He is a guy that doesn't have to have it offensively. The ball that is. Uh, to make an impact on the game. And I feel like not necessarily that Aiden needed the ball to be make an impact, but it helped to get him going. And I don't know if, if Nurkic is wired that way. It doesn't seem like he's wired that way. Health is going to be a thing. Nurkic is, has a guy that has missed time, um, had that gruesome leg injury a couple years back. Um, but it, it, I, I, Phoenix got in where they fit in. That's what they wanted. They wanted to get off of Aiden. You knew that already. Um, it seemed like Aiden was going to be, wasn't going to be long for there anyway, even after they matched the offer sheet last offseason, because you've added Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, uh, to a roster that already had Devin Booker on it, the shots are just not there. They're just not there. And again, Aiden is a guy who I feel needs to have the offense going to get the defense involved. And we haven't really seen that take off anyway. So you're kind of banking on uh, a projection there. I don't blame anybody in uh, in Phoenix wanting to move off that for something that they feel like they can win with now. Like I said, it's a different kind of player. Uh, Aiden still got the higher ceiling, but Nurkic, I understand wanting to put him in there, getting the guy again a self a self starter, right? Fiery personality type of guy. 
more than an Aiden who has already had his hair up and ups and downs. And despite the fact that Frank Vogel is there now, who has a history of work with big men, I think this is telling that what Frank has already learned of Aiden, maybe maybe the situation was was too uh, deteriorated even with Vogel's arrival. Maybe that's the case. Whatever the case may be, Aiden's now gone. Aiden is now in, in the great Northwest and you got Nurks down there in the desert, uh, probably about to compete for championships because that, that roster is loaded. Even if it's just top heavy, um, Phoenix is, so if I had to, if I had to rank these guys, the teams in, in order of win, obviously the best player, uh, without giving up too much, you know, those picks down the road, they're, they're first rounders and swap rights, right. And, and whatnot. But the payoff down the road is always, I think worth it if you feel like you have a legitimate shot at a title right now. And that's what the Bucks are. That's where the Bucks are um, in their in their their trajectory. So it makes perfect sense to go all in on a move for a guy like Lillard to try to raise your ceiling while getting off a guy who and Drew Holiday, who was a very key piece for what you've built over the last few years, but leaves you with some uncertainty in the future if you keep him around. Things have clearly not working out with him there working worked out with him there uh so it makes a lot of sense like i said to go ahead and and shuffle off and get dame phoenix got in where they fit in man uh, there's no other way to put it they they swapped out Aiden for nurkic i, I and, and they picked up a shooter in grayson allen who's gonna push the envelope for sure but bring some toughness uh to a group that's gonna need it because your scores are gonna be your scores but you need some other guys that are gonna do the dirty work and kind of um muck it up a little bit and so they got that We'll see if he can keep his toe on this side of the line, but they got that in Grayson Allen. All in all, I think it's a win-win-win for everybody. Um, everybody got what they wanted. Portland probably could have gotten a little bit more, you would think. You would like to think that they could have gotten a better haul than that, but they can also flip Drew Holiday uh, later on in the subsequent package, which brings me to my next point. The Chicago Bulls need to go ahead and get on the phone with uh, Portland about Drew Holiday. We we're already hearing that the uh, Philadelphia 76ers could be interested in Drew. Remember, they, they if, not, if they didn't draft, that's where he started his career. Um, and they trade him to the New Orleans. I, 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 if Karnasovas and Cronin, the general manager of the Blazers, have spoken, according to Cronin, every transaction window. I cannot see that changing this time, especially when the target is something that is ready-made for the Bulls roster. Now, granted, the Bulls went out and they signed uh, Javon Carter this offseason. They brought back Ayo DeSumo. Uh, today, you had Karnasovas and uh, Karnasovas. I always do that. Got to get that right, too. Karnasovas and Eversley uh, speaking up, talking up. Karnasovas, I think, in particular, speaking up Ayo DeSumo's offseason. Kobe White put in offseason work, right? He's going to, you would assume, challenge. I said all three. DeSumo, White, and uh, Javon Carter will challenge for the starting point guard role in, tra- in training camp. You bring in Drew, you can end all of that. You just put it there. You, you, you end it right there. Drew is starting. And then you work out what happens after that. And really, it might seem like you created a log jam, but you give yourself some flexibility, not only in what you can do with your, with your lineups, but also if you got to move somebody out, you can now do that without worrying about depleting your guard rotation too, too much. Right? This is all about replacing Lonzo Ball. And you can say, well, Lonzo's going to come back. Well, he's not back. Okay, these and and time does not wait for anyone, especially in professional sports. These the Bulls core, the top of the Bulls roster is getting older, waiting another year for Lonzo to come back. And then however long it takes him to get reacclimated to the game because he's been gone. He'll be have been gone for three years, two, three years. That's a long time. So you got to make contingencies. You got to plan this if he won't come back because he has not come back. And there therein lies Drew Holiday now. The risk is there because he could still retire on you next year and you're right back to square one, right? But if you get him and things work out, maybe you reignite that fire. Maybe he wants to play another year. Maybe you can get two more years out of him so you can kind of find out where you are. That would be the trajectory for this core anyway. I would think if they don't have results this year, and it might even start, if they start off slow, they can start piecing it out immediately. But if they don't have results this year, I would imagine that this thing gets broken up. 
that fits. Put in a point guard who maybe doesn't give you all of the things. Like, he doesn't give you the, the fluidity of the game that Lonzo did, right? He's not the playmaker that Lonzo is per se, but he's, a, he's a, as good of a defender and more physical than Lonzo is, was, will be, whatever the case is. There's no reason why, if you guys have spoken every transaction window, Arturus Karnishevis, that you are not on the phone with Joe Cronin right now. Hey, man, listen, I know you still owe us that first-round pick. We can relieve those, though, that, that O out, right? Because it's probably not going to happen anyway. They're rebuilding right now. So really, what's going on with this pick that came over in the Larry Market and three-team trade with the Cavaliers, along with Derrick Jones Jr., who is now also gone, Dallas Mavericks, um, that pick is 2028 through 2028 is, is protected in the lottery. In a rebuild, that's only four. That's not a long time. Portland can sit on that pick all the time. Now, what it is, though, is it keeps them from being able to maneuver as loosely as they would like to, as freely as they would like to. And the Bulls are just sitting there waiting in a holding pattern for, or, for an asset that may never materialize. Because if it gets to 2028 and it still has not conveyed, it turns into second round pick. So it behooves both sides to try to work this out and get this thing settled as soon as possible. What better way, for the Bulls at least, than to get Holiday and then you give the Blazers back their full control of their, of their tank? Right now, other teams might try to come up with a heavier offer. I'm not sure what is on the table at all in this point. But what I'm saying is the Bulls haven't in. They have made constant contact with the Blazers front office. Even get, you know, we heard about the Lillard, the Lillard, Lillard interest. That was tough to say. Um, and we know they might be interested in getting a Tyler Hero. Hero's not going to offer you much, much defense either, so you're going to have to back that up with something. Now, Grant, again, like I said, you got Carter, you got Sumo. Those are two defense-first type of guards. Kobe White's a scorer. You add in Drew Holiday, you're getting uh, defense, you're getting offense, you're getting an Olympian, okay, a gold medalist, somebody who teamed with Zach Levine in the Olympics uh, a few years ago. 2020? 2021? 2020. So um, I'm, there's just there's so few reasons to not go about this, trying to acquire Drew Holiday, that if they don't even try, I'd be greatly disappointed. Greatly disappointed. We don't know if they will. And again, you don't know what other teams are, are offering that could come in and trump whatever offer you have. It's highly possible and damn near likely because of the Bulls' assets and contract structure. However, <laughs> if there is any move that you want to make to try to solidify this core, if you have faith in this core, I would be doing everything I can to get the best type of quote-unquote floor general because, again, I don't think Holiday is that, that I can, though, with this group. And it really fits better because DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and v- Nikola Vucevic are all going to have the ball in their hands a ton. So you don't need a traditional point guard, but you definitely need somebody who's smart, who's tough, who can knock down open shots, and who's going to to defend because three of those three guys aren't gonna be stoppers. Period. They're just not. There's just no there's there's no reason to not try to get Holiday uh, from the Blazers. Now we'll see what happens. Like I said, there's there's gonna be interest in him. He's a very talented player. But if you're the Bulls, you got to go to Crow like, hey man. I'll give you full control back of your rebuild because again, it, it's worthless to you right now. It, it and it, it took a big hit. It took an even bigger hit with this trade because at first it was like, all right, well, if they keep Dame, they might they might flirt with the with the with the playoffs. You never know. If anything can happen. Worse things have happened. Weird things have happened. With Dame gone, you're you're looking at a, a young backcourt with Scoot Henderson and Shaden Sharp or wherever Anthony Simons fits in there, right? You still have veteran there and, and Jeremy Grant, but you have to figure that he's going to be gone. Now, maybe that's the target for the Bulls, Jeremy Grant. Although I with Pat Williams uh, and Torrey Craig, I don't see that necessarily being the smartest path. I would still go for Holiday, but it's possible. That pick's not coming to Chicago before 2028. I just don't see it happening. And so if I'm Karnishevis, I'm on the phone with Cronin. Hey, man, 
I'll give you full control of your rebuild. You let me go ahead and add a little something. something. I'll put some razzle dazzle on it. I'll throw the, the sumo in that deal. They probably don't need them, but something along them lines. Whatever it takes to, to get. I gotta. I gotta look at. I haven't. I haven't done the research on what a trade uh, for holiday would look like for the Bulls from the Blazers. But I will tell you, whatever the case may be, if it's workable. Karnishevis, ah, I, almost, I was almost clean for the rest of the way. Uh, Karnishevis has to be uh, making that a priority move, in my opinion. Now, what does this do uh, for the rest of the Eastern Conference? Like I said, it's, it's really going to affect the middle and bottom of the playoff tiers. Um, and I'm going to focus on the teams that I've been covering the most the past year plus. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, that's two, three years, the Bulls, lifetime, whatever. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, right? Those teams that are kind of middling and trying to find their footing. This is going to make it even less likely that they find their way atop the, or find a path to the top of the conference standings and a first round uh, home playoff series. So, Milwaukee wasn't going to just go away. They're going to be good regardless. And that's why I say it doesn't really shake up anything. It just makes it harder for those middle tier teams to surprise and be a higher seed than maybe they they project to be right now. Um, Because you kind of got to lock Boston up there at the top, right? You're locking in Milwaukee. Now, I would lock it, lock him up. Yeah, they they need to to, to figure out how to play with each other. But Giannis is not a selfish player. Giannis is not a player who, um, while he needs the ball, is not a player who commands the ball while on the floor. He can make an impact in other ways. Lillard has limitless range. I told you that. He's still, and despite the fact that he's a scorer, he's still a point guard. He still has point guard mindset for moments. <laughs> he won't do it. I don't think he's going to do it for a long time. Again, they don't need a floor general as much as they need what Lillard does bring. Um so the Brooklyn's, the 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 Chicago's, both teams who are probably going to be fighting for playing spots, let alone playoff bursts. They're going to be looking at the matchups when they get to that point. Like, man, I hope I don't draw Milwaukee. But the Bulls probably are already feeling that way. They haven't had very much fun with the Milwaukee Bucks. But this is this that's what it does. It solidifies their standing, if nothing else. Right? The the Brooklyn Nets. Still looking for that star player. Is McKilberts a star or superstar? He, he might be all-star. Is he a superstar? They're going to find that out this season, uh, but it's going to be even harder for them to, to, again, like I say, surprise and make a top higher seed than, than initially thought because Giannis is there. The, the, the Celtics are still there. You can say Philly because Joel Embiid is still there, but they seem like they're teetering on the brink of something um, something disastrous. Now, if they get Drew Holiday in there, keep Harden. Keep it. Tyrese Maxey, you got, you got Tobias Harris, you got Joel Embiid. I don't even know if that's possible, but if they can do that, that's a good lineup. And they could probably easily slide in number three right there with just that group, right? Um, Miami, they're not going away. I do kind of feel for Heat fans. Uh, this entire offseason was geared towards trading for Damian Lillard. You let two starters go, uh, and they're gone. <laughs> and now they're gone. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what you do to replace those guys, um, but they're gone. Max Struess and Vince, uh, Gabe Vincent are gone. You let them walk. Not even trade. Gone. Just walked. This is, uh, we, we, we laud Pat Riley for being this maverick, right? For being this on top of things and being two steps ahead. The, the chess, not checkers type deal. He got got. He got got because he left himself out there on the limb. And this, is a tr- this is the risk that you take. Left himself out there on the limb and then tried to slow play. The trade for all the details that have that have leaked out of that have poured in have been Miami didn't want to to up their offer. They were trying to kind of play back because they knew that Lillard wanted to be there. Well, you snooze, you lose. Same for Toronto. Toronto did not want to dangle OG Ananobi. I get it. I'm just saying, if you don't up the cost, you're not going to get the 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 reward. And that's just the way it goes in the NBA. If you had, and that's that's the delicate balance of being for the top front office executive. Right. Are we close enough right now 
that sacrificing some of these young guys, this draft capital, our cap space, our future cap space, whatever the case may be, is worth it for this player. And that's the Toronto. No, I would have said no. It would have been a nice team, but I would have said no. Miami, I would have liked it because Miami made it there with spark with with sparks with parts as it is spare parts as it is. They could do it again with a with a star like Lillard. Yeah, but I'm not gonna lie. The Bucks probably would if I'd have, if I'd have been thinking about it. The Bucks probably would have been a close second or third, uh, depending on how you want to rank the the uh, Miami situation and then Lillard maybe staying. But that that middle tier is going to be that's what you're fighting for. You're fighting for middle tier now. The top is pretty much set. You're fighting for middle tier if you're the Bulls, the 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 Nets, the 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 Pacers who are trying to to, to, to challenge the Knicks, right? Then you guys like the, the Atlanta Hawks, who's made a lot of changes in the last couple of years, but but have they done enough to put themselves in a different to make themselves different enough to get over the hump of the first round now of these last two years to go past the Eastern Conference Finals that they went to in 2021, where they lost to the the Bucks the year they won championship. Milwaukee did. These Hawks are now in a, in, a, in a weird spot because they're committed to some of the team, but not all the team. They've already been talking about rearranging some of the front court, right? Something on the wings. Nothing has come to fruition yet. There was a talk about them uh, pursuing Siakam from the Raptors. Nothing's happened yet. They're a team that I'm going to be very interested in because their hot start could help them buoy themselves, and then they could kind of try to just work through some injuries in those other teams, namely the Bucks, namely the Sixers, and try to work their way up there. They got the talent. But they're so in flux, and I'm not sure the roster is quite uh, built to uh, Quinn Snyder type of offense yet. We'll see. But, man, that middle tier just got tougher because you're kind of locked in. And so now you're selling your fan base on, well, we can, we can get to this. And this is not saying that they won't try to f- sell you on, well, we could be a top five, top four seed. But in reality, you got to start, you know, you're going to see chatter about, well, prepare for matchups against Boston against Milwaukee against Philly, right? Those are the that's, that's the top of the ring. Miami four because I, I don't think they're going to go away. That run was special, but I don't think they're going to just go away. They'll find some other pieces to make it work. Maybe they get in on the holiday deal because they missed out on Dame. That was again that was a centerpiece of their of their offseason and it's gone now. So I can't imagine Pat Riley sitting there standing pat. Um, the Hawks again in flux. They're they're a team that can go either way, and then that middle tier which the Hawks are included, but that middle tier of teams in the Eastern Conference, boy, that's what you're fighting for. Maybe four, but five, five to ten. That's about it. That's about it. And it can, it can go either way, but that's about it. Crazy. One trade. One trade has shaken up the entire NBA's outlook for the offseason. It was quiet. It got quiet. Maybe now we'll get something done with Siakam. Maybe now we see something happen with Harden because the Lillard thing was, I think, the longest running one. And now that domino is falling, so everybody else can start making other plans. It's gone now. The little thing's not happening, so what else do we got to do? The Bulls have been named with the Siakam stuff. They were having interest in Hero, supposedly. Um, I just want them to go get <laughs> Drew Holiday to, to solidify that starting lineup, a legitimate starting lineup. Doesn't seem like it's too much to ask, but we'll see how they end up going about it. We'll see. Switching gears. The NFL is heading into week four, and this week's matchup uh, was it Monday Night Football is between the Bears and the Denver Broncos is going to be epic. And I, when I say epic, I mean terrible. And I mean that in the best way possible because if you're a fan of football, there's no way that you're going to find uh, any type of issue with watching the game, right? At the same time, the Broncos just got 70 points hung on them. Uh, the Bears, they got, you know, it's on Sunday, but the Bears got uh, the Bears got 41 points hung on them by the Kansas City Chiefs with Taylor Swift in attendance. The game was so bad that 
just about all of the chatter since then has been about Taylor Swift being in attendance. So I don't know <laughs> who's got it worse because the Bucks, the Bears didn't have, they had expectations, but they didn't have the expectations that the Broncos had because the Broncos roster is still made to win now more so than the Bears is, despite the fact uh, that, you know, we all see it differently. You know, the Bears should be better, but the Broncos got a Super Bowl winning quarterback and coach, and they're still same way, 0-3 and got 70 points hung on their head. Now, that being said, you have to fully expect that this, uh, the, that the the Broncos are going to come in here with their hair on fire. You heard Garrett Bowles, uh, offensive tackle, speaking in front of his locker saying that he, it's all he's done is lose. They're going to be hurt. They're going to be upset and offended. I, I just need the Bears to be the same way when they take the field, that you got embarrassed, that you had guys talking about. They were right. Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs bragging about how he was able to, and that's not that he was picking on the Bears. That's what they do. But he was talking about how he's freelancing and just broke a route off because he could. And they scored a touchdown. Right? He's, he's, he's celebrating guys, chest bumping and high-fiving. He's got a squeeze up in the main box. Right? Like, it's, 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 it was a bad day for the Bears. Great day for the Chiefs. <laughs> Broncos, same thing. Right? And there's a post-game picture of the Alabama guys. Tua Tagovailoa, uh, Jalen Waddell. Um, you got, I forget who else, but I know that you got Jerry Judy from the Broncos. There's another Broncos player there. Um, and they're all the Broncos guys are looking very, very somber while the Dolphins players are cheesing. Now, mind you, these are our teammates. These are friends. These are guys who are reconnecting. But clearly there were winners and losers before this picture was taken. And it's not hard to figure out who was who. So uh, when this game rolls around on Sunday, man, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because the loser of this game could be relegated. <laughs> if you're a fan of Premier League, of, of soccer, of football, right? Uh, one of these teams, a loser's team, could get relegated, and I, and I would have a hard time arguing with you that they should not be. Uh, so that's what it is, man. The Bears wrapped up their first day of practice this week. Um, two more days before they get, you know, host the Broncos on Sunday. Um, and in the locker room, well, first off, let me say, spoke with uh, Matt Eberflus and Justin Fields today. Eberflus was the same he's been consistent so i'm not I'm, i don't know how to read that yet necessarily just yet because what i'm about to say will tell you what i mean at the end of matt Nagy's tenure you could kind of get a sense that guys have just tuned him out i don't get that sense just yet with Eberflus, right uh but i do wonder if there is some questioning of what is being being asked of them and i wanted to ask him, i didn't get a chance to today i'll try to get to uh to that later on this week when he speaks again but how i would love to know how he goes about instilling his hits principle right his guiding factors his guiding his guidelines how do you go about instilling it when the results are not showing up and it's not just this season this dates back to last year so I just want to know what that message is Um, I'll try to get that to him next time he does take the podium I believe that should be on Friday so uh, but like I said the Bears had their first practice of the week and in the locker room got to speak with a couple of guys spoke with uh, Demarcus Walker edge rusher um, who signed this offseason and has been a vocal leader I just wanted to know you know just where he was right now in the midst of all this chaos because again like I said the outside Outside noise has just been loud, right? The Bears are, are a team that has, uh, like I said, came up with expectations that they set themselves and they have not met them. And so I just wanted to figure out, just wanted to get it from his words. That's, that's been, I think that's important. Just let them kind of tell you where they are before you go about and assume. And um, I'm not surprised by what I heard from from Walker. I mean, it's easy to get flustered because of all the different, you know, adversity that we got to go through. But it's honestly, you know, um, all I can do is control after control. You know, uh, you know, getting better on my craft and my details, and um, you know, uh, bringing that energy every day and having guys make sure I have a positive mindset. So, like I said, he's been a leader since he got there. So, saying that he's focused on 
the details. That's a Matt Eberflus line. Okay, Eberflus harped on the focus, the details, and he was big on the look in the guy's eye. Now, when you start hearing players repeat the coach's message, that could be two things. It could be canned because we saw how when 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 Fields tried to be op- open and honest, how that kind of backfired or blew up in his face rather with the media last week. So maybe this was a canned answer, but I still. I'm a firm believer that once players tune the coach out, you're not going to get consistent messages like this. This is a consistent message to what Eberflus was preaching, right? And Walker was asked, you know, what is he going by? He just said being himself. It's communication, it's verbal, and it's working, and he, working by example and keeping guys in the right mindset. And this is not just something that the veterans are doing because this is a young team. This is something that I also picked up from uh, rookie Tyler Scott, wide receiver who... Brought him for special teams, but has, has gotten a few more reps on uh, offense the past couple of weeks. And I, I just wanted to hear from him what he felt like. And it was interesting because we'll just hear what he had to say. You know, this is kind of the first time I've kind of been in this type of environment where, you know, haven't really you know, been able to get a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think just remaining positive, you know, remaining positive, um, you know, making sure I'm on my things and my assignments and that nature. Because um, I think that's that's the biggest thing I can control. Um, you know, I'll, 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 within the locker room, just, you know, if I need to point something out, um, just from my perspective, you know, just being able to, you know, have a helping hand, you know, to, to somebody or something, you know, you never know um, what a word might, you know, help somebody. Um, and bring clarity to somebody else, you know. Um, you know so I just think, um, you know, not just being afraid to, to speak up, have a voice at the same time. Um, I'm saying that I am, you know, you know, I am learning. Um, but uh, yeah, I think just like I said, remain consistent. So there you have Ricky Tyler Scott. Great head on the shoulder. I actually let him know. Like, I love that answer. I love your, I love your attitude towards all of it. Because this could be a time where rookies are, are checked out, man. It looks bad for everybody around. And so I wouldn't have been surprised if I'd have heard him say, I'm just focused on me. And he kind of said it, but he also said he, he, he offered up that he's outward with it, right? He's trying to spread that throughout the locker room. And this is to a man. And I asked him, I said, it seems like this, this locker room fosters an environment where guys can speak up. And he said, yeah, man, it's, it's the way you got to be, um, especially when they're going through stuff like this. And it, it can be really tough. Um, like I, 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 I put this in my practice report, my post practice report. Uh, again, follow me on Twitter at Joshy Buck and on Clocker Sports. I think this one was on Clocker Sports. That's where I've been putting out the direct content. Um, but I said this in the report. For all the talk about the unsettledness last week, maybe that's true for the staff and around the building at large. But the player and players in the locker room have not given that vibe off. At least in my estimation, they seem loose. Um, they seem. To take the moment serious, right? They want to go out and improve, but none of them seem to have anywhere close to the level of pen that you hear from fans, that you hear from media. And maybe that's being, uh, I guess, ignorant to the situation. But it really feels like they have a belief that they can turn it around, that they will turn around. There's a belief in what they're doing. And like I said, we're still hearing bits and pieces of Matt Eberflus come out from these players when they speak. Things that he has said are coming back. We'll see when that diverse, when that changes, when that changes, the, the, the split's probably not too long after that. But right now, guys are still on the same page. And that was, I think, what, what keyed me off to that, and it's been consistent, but Fields earlier talking about how he leans on Mooney, but the locker room has a lot of great leaders. And that's why I went and found Demarcus Walker when I saw him out there. Like, man, what is your message? And we're going to keep doing this. I want to, I just, I, the, the leadership council, even if we talked about meeting with the leadership council today, I want to talk to those guys. What are you guys doing actively? Because... Even foods can't take the field for you. You're only playing one side of the ball. How are you? How are you taking the struggles from the other side of the ball? How are you impacting them? How are you trying to lift them up? And a lot of it's just words, but 
you 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 can follow words with action. And until you see the results, that's all you have right now. And this team is struggling big time. So um, it's it's going to be a very, very raucous week four in the NFL. I'm looking forward to uh, a lot of the games that are taking place this week. Honestly, you got the Lions and the Packers on Thursday night. That should be good. Both teams are, um, I don't want to say surprising because I think everybody thought the Lions would be the team to beat in the NFC North. But I think a lot of people underestimated the Packers. And it's funny because all they changed out was one receiver because it was just Devontae Adams mostly. Like you had you had Cobb and Lazard there. So I guess it's three. But the impact player was Devontae Adams. And he's been gone. So you're not really changing out much. Um, but Rodgers, and for all intents and purposes, Rodgers was not great last season. So love just has to not be terrible. And you can meet somewhere in the middle on that. Especially if you're healthier. Um, other interesting games include the Ravens and the Browns. That's just always a good game. Um, you got the, who else? Bucks and Saints, a divisional matchup. The Dolphins and the Bills, that's a divisional matchup. Um, Commanders and Eagles, same thing. It's, it's a mix and match slate. Uh, Cowboys and Patriots, Ezekiel Elliott returns uh, home to AT&T Stadium. I always get their stadium messed up. But he returns to Dallas to take on the, his former team uh, with the Patriots now. Cardinals are taking on the Niners. That seems that should be a loss, but the, the Cardinals surprised last week. And then you got the Jets and the Chiefs in a matchup that was going to be very, very uh, highly anticipated before Aaron Rodgers suffered his Achilles injury in week one. And then on Monday, you wrap up with the Seahawks and the Giants. So it's going to be an interesting slate. You know, there's always some developments that happened uh, throughout the week to make things a little bit more interesting. Look forward to seeing CJ Stroud in week three or week four, excuse me, uh, against Pittsburgh Steelers defense that's been very, very uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defensey <laughs> over the first three weeks. Um, Raiders and Chargers. Raiders and Chargers seems like a situation where the head coaches are kind of battling it out to not get fired first. So we'll see what happens with that as the things go forward. But man, I, I, my eyes, for natural reasons, but. They're going to be drawn to that Broncos and Bears, even if I wasn't covering it, just because these are two teams that are fighting, fighting their trends right now against the, the, their best abilities, apparently, because they're struggling to get the, off the schneid. Um, whoever comes out of this one as a loser, do we see a situation where they're not, the, the, there's a, a regime change somewhere along that, that totem pole? Who knows? But it's going to be interesting, and I I'm, I can't wait. Again, every week is interesting, but it's a little bit more sizzle now as we we know the Bears are getting to a point of a point of no return, I guess, uh, for this season. And as teams kind of separate themselves from being legitimate, being you know the next seller dweller, whatever the case may be. Um, Clock of Sports, I got a couple of things talking about how uh, you know the Bears are are dealing with the. Outcry of former players. You have them being compared to the uh, Washington Commanders. Um, the pro football focus grades are painting a, a bad picture of of what the offense is, who's struggling, where in the offense. The rewatch of the, of the week three video against the Chiefs showed a lot of unopened receivers. Uh, so even if Fields was able to have time, which he didn't, um, it would have been tough to find anybody to get the ball too cleanly. Just a lot of a lot of problems, top to bottom. And then you have uh, Peter King saying that he thinks Fields could have another six or seven weeks to prove himself uh, before, you know, things get worse. And by worse, I mean before they move, decide to move on Fields. If that's the case, and there was talk along with that, that, you know, they weren't fully sold to him to begin with. If that's the case, I feel like you wasted an entire year and you could have done something about it this year. Now, maybe you didn't like anybody this year, which is cool. But it just seems like we're going about this process a little backwards. And it goes back to something that I said on this many a time. You can't always mix and match your pieces. 
if the Bears do decide to clean house, they need to clean house. And I don't know if that means Poles and Cameron Warren, but Cameron Warren's not going anywhere. But that needs to be his decision. It doesn't need to be the McCaskey's decision. It doesn't need to be a special counsel's decision. We don't need to hear from Bear Polling anymore. It needs to be his decision. And then whoever he hires as general manager, it needs to be their decision who to hire as head coach. Right? And then from there, staff. We don't need to have this, oh, well, we have this loose. Now, you can say, well, Poles still picked Eberflus because they have the same agent. So even if that was just a group that they were, he was given, he was ready to go. Cool. I don't want none of that. Let him come to that conclusion by himself, the next person, if it's not Ryan Poles. Let them come to that conclusion about if Matty Lufus isn't the head coach. Because again, if they're, they were never fully sold on fields, how do we know that they were fully holding any of this against Matt Eberflus? We don't. Now, the defense is uh, uh, backslide 30 seconds since he took over. Like, it's been bad. That's no, there's no excuse for that. And I think it kind of, that kind of wraps, that'll put a bow on it for this, uh, this episode because the, the rest of the NFL news will probably try to cover on late uh, Sunday night if I come back again a little bit early and get some more stuff um, to talk about. But I think it's interesting for the Bears that you have a former offensive lineman in Ryan Poles as the general manager, former defensive coordinator in Iberflus at head coach. And those are two of the worst units on the team. If not the worst units. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna just go ahead and say it. Because the defense as a whole has not been good, but there's some there's some there's some some shine there somewhere. Just there's just no pressure, no takeaways hardly. Offensively, your line has just been shuffled up mess. So we don't really know really what it is, but those are the two positions, the two two units, two groups, however you want to phrase that, that have struggled the most, and the two most prominent figureheads directly um, impacting the team that aren't players have those backgrounds and they're still like, it's just, it's, that's bears for you, man. That's bears for you. That's going to do it for this episode of Triple Series. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit up the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, clockersports.com. And uh, the email address is contact at clockersports.com. And of course, follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at three zeros pod. That's the number three zeros and pod. And of course, read the stuff. Uh, you want to go to last word on pro football, last word on sports, rather soaring down South, uh, heavy on bulls, heavy on Lakers. And you can of course read everything uh, at clockersports.com. And until the very next time. All I can do is control out of control.